0: Habilis, Homo erectus, and Homo sapiens. After thousands and thousands of years of evolution, we have a new discovery. Home sapiens has always been around. Places where we live are key to humans. From caves to huts and from houses to modern villas, our homes have been evolving with us. Is home sapiens fiction or reality? It is up to you to decide. Okay, good morning. And uh, we are really happy to be back. And today in our issue uh, of the podcast, we are going to be talking about women. Uh, what problems women might face when they are applying for housing, when they want to get housing, or what are the things uh, that, that they face when they are trying to resolve their housing problems. And I'm really happy to introduce our guest today. It's Fungai Mukura. Uh Fungai is heading our Habitat for Humanity Lesotho program. So welcome, Fungai.
1: Thank you, Katia.
0: And uh, Fungai, uh, we are having this conversation about women and different problems that women might face when they access housing. Um, Can you explain maybe just to start our conversation, how is it possible, how customs and laws can forbid certain groups uh, from owning land or owning housing? How does it happen? Why women might be discriminated?
1: I'll start off by saying land is acquired through allocation or you purchase it on the market or you inherit the land from the family. Um, Lisutu is a patriarchal society. Uh, which is reflected in the laws and the cultural practices. By patriarchal, I mean the decision-making institutions responsible for resource allocation and justice are male-biased. The customary laws are also patrilineal, that is, um, inheritance is based on the male lineage, lineage. and they are also patrilocal, uh, that is married couples live in their husband's villages or town. Uh,
0: uh, Funga, just maybe to uh, explain a little bit. So patriarchal, uh, patrilocal, so it means basically that men, um, so the the land or the house or anything that the family owns is passed from male to male, from man to man, and not from man to man to a woman.
1: That's exactly what happens. Um, free land in Lesotho is allocated to the mar- married male members of the community for the subsistence of their family livelihoods. and. Um, A woman is actually considered as a minor dependent on the husband, and um, in addition, land and property inheritance systems favored uh, the firstborn son, whilst the woman and girl child were marginalized.
0: And Maybe uh, Fungai can you explain or uh, so you, you say that, that there's been inherent in Lesotho and it's codified so it's in customary law and some of the laws that govern these practices. So what, what are the uh, what, what are the laws you know and, and when they've been adopted?
1: Customary laws are governed by the territorial laws which are actually coded and they are administered by the traditional chiefs. We also have a mixture of um, laws which are operating in the country. We are also governed by the civil laws which are governed by the state. Um, In 2006, there was a legal capacity of Married Persons Act, which was passed. And in 2010, there was also um, the Land Act, which was passed. The two acts repelled the gender inequality and the customary land tenure system. We also have the constitution for Lesotho, which speaks against discrimination in all forms. But then the clause, which actually speaks about discrimination goes on to exempt customary laws from the clause. Yet you find that uh, customary laws are the ones which are discriminating women.
0: And uh, how can women be discriminated in land ownership? Maybe you can give some examples of that.
1: Women are often discriminated when the decisions for family inheritance are being made and when their marital status changes. That is when they get married or when they are divorced or when there is death of a spouse. Even for the, those who are married under civil marriage, when it comes to custom, when it comes to inheritance issues, they are discriminated uh, as the families tend to default to customary laws. Unfortunately, traditionally, we never documented marriage processes as that was an oral process, which was a negotiation between families and ceremonies. So people tend to concentrate on the ceremonies, forgetting about the documentation or not even considering it as an important issue. And then that leaves the marriage um, state uh, subject to uh, witnesses who sometimes might actually be dead by the time you're dealing with the issues. Unfortunately, the marriage institution in Lesotho is also very unstable due to high gender-based violence, high prevalence of HIV and AIDS, and also high migration because um, you find that um, quite a lot of couples, one is living in the rural areas and one is living in the urban areas, or one is living in Lesotho and um, the spouse is living in South Africa where they are working. What then happens is women are abandoned by their male immigrants, and uh, they then live with another woman wherever they are working. Women themselves have also internalized the patriarchy culture, such that when you ask a woman to register their property, even when when the husband is absent, they go on to register their property in the husband's name only. For those who have issued out wills, studies have shown that wills which have left the property inheritance to wives or the girl child are often contested. Chiefs have also undermined the Land Act, which was recently passed because they, they've continued to issue their form C's and backdating them so that they recognize the land ownership in the men's name only.
0: I see. It, it's a really very complicated system as you explained it, Fungai. So I, I'm, I'm sure it's very difficult, especially for women, to understand what needs to be done and how things need to be done. And um I'm trying to to understand, um, so why would someone evict a woman from the house where she was living? So why would it happen to a woman? Um,
1: Evictions normally happen when there is a change in the state of the marriage. Um, That is when one divorces or when there's a death, because there's no longer an existing relationship between the two couples. The family feels that one a woman should not continue to stay in their village on their home. They should return back to their matrimonial home. Evictions also happen when um, one is renting property and they lose their liv- source of livelihoods. And remember, as I explained earlier. Women are often victims of gender-based violence. And when that happens, one suffers from physical and mental challenges, which inhibit their capacity to defend their property rights. And in addition, there's also social stigma, which happens when women actually fight for their rights. So what then happens is that women then um, do not fight for them so that they continue to be accepted in the family circles, in the community circles.
0: Yes, I see. And so uh, for women actually who have been evicted from their houses, they go back to the house where they were living before, basically to their parents or to, to their family so that they can live there if they're evicted from the property of their husband.
1: In most cases, that's what happened. I'll give you an example um, of a case which we actually dealt with. Clara, a 70-year-old woman, divorced with her husband in a late age. She went back to her village with her daughter. And then uh, years later, her younger brother passed on. The widow to the young brother, Kang, then decided that... um, she needed additional source of income and she rented out her matrimonial house and went back to the village where Clara was living. But as the widow to the only son and heir to the family estate, she felt that she was actually entitled to both the matrimonial home and the family home. So when she got to the village, she evicted Clara from the property. We found Clara wandering from one village to another when we got into the village. We spoke to the chief and we agreed with the chief that Kang needed to either rent a house for Clara or she should um, allow Clara to come back home because she did not respect the family traditions. When you inherit property as traditionally, you are expected to also look after their family as the land is issued out for family subsistence not for a single person
0: okay thank you thank you fungai i think uh, that makes it a little bit clear so and obviously it's clear that it's it's a difficult issue and very difficult to deal with And um, just maybe a follow up question, can women do something to regain their land or their rights to the house? You mentioned, of course, uh, that there is stigma and um, some women prefer not to do that. But if a woman wants to do something, can she do something? Unfortunately,
1: what happens is most women wait until there's a problem to address the issues. But what should be happen is um, they need to first of all, ensure their marriages are properly documented, whether it's a customary marriage or it's a civil marriage, it needs to be documented. In addition, when land is inherited or allocated using customary laws, they tended historically not to document that. But the legal uh, institutions have allowed for customary land to be registered using Form Cs. So instead of registering the land and property in the name of the husband only, women need to ensure that the land and property is actually registered in both names when their marriage is too rosy before it goes on the rocks. There's also need to advocate for the girl child so that um, they are considered as an heir to the family property and inheritance. But the most important issue for women is to actually know their legal rights so that they can actually be able to claim them and process them. Making an effort to improve livelihoods also helps women because they can help, they can be able to contribute, one, to the acquisition of property, And secondly, it also improves their chances of inheriting property because they would have contributed to it. Or if they need to challenge their repressive practices, they will have the financial means to actually do it.
0: Yes, I I see. So if a woman has a source of income, if she works uh, and she has a salary or she does something and she earns money by doing that, so of course she has a say and then she can uh, claim some of the part uh, from the marital property that they might have. Um, I think it's very common in in many places. Uh, But just maybe to dwell a little bit on what you just said, uh, Fungai, I I think from what I'm hearing, it seems that... um, uh, I'm trying to understand. So, this gender discrimination uh, that is happening, it's happening not because the laws are complicated or the regulations are difficult, but maybe it's more because women are not aware of some of the rights. And some of the processes they need to follow um, when they are entering into marriage, when they are buying property in the in their marital status. Um, is it really so? It's a
1: combination of the two and maybe a little bit more. Decision making is rather complex because it's informed by history, by beliefs, interests and norms and laws. It's not necessarily just informed by laws only. Lesotho has a plural legal system and customs such, that, such as the laws of the Lerotoli, the civil laws, the international community laws, and um, the church plays a, a big role in their customs. So the way a case is actually addressed depends on which system has informed their decision making and has been used to address the case. In addition to that, um, you find that uh, dispute resolution institutions have actually been overwhelmed by the inheritance-related conflicts, which has resulted in a backlog and long delays. So, even if you want to go the legal way, sometimes your case end up sitting in the courts for many months, and most women end up going back to the traditional courts, which are not really favorable for women. So it's it's a combination of a number of things. It's not just, um, it's not a straight-jacketed issue.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, I see. It's, it's very difficult uh, to decide what to do in this situation and also to understand what needs to be done. I have a more general question probably. Can something be done to help women get the security of their home and their land, or is it really very difficult to meddle into all these regulations, laws, traditions, beliefs? So it seems to be like a Pandora box of different things. Uh, But but can something do, and and who can do uh, something if they can?
1: We need to continue to speak about these issues, raise awareness, tell the stories to the society so that people actually understand the challenges which are faced by women as they navigate the complexities of the systems. Technical and financial support would also be good. And at a broader level, what the government and um, the municipalities can support with is um, issuance of uh, land registration documents uh, in mass at a community level. And lastly, I would say there's need for a multi-stakeholder platform, which takes the women issues uh, from a holistic point of view
0: okay yes i i see Uh, that makes sense and maybe i i know that you were previously uh, when we were talking you gave us an example of clara and uh, her situation how she ended up uh, or facing housing problems um is there another example because i think that it it really is much more illustrative when you are giving an example of a real person and what their situation was. So maybe you can give from the practice or from the cases that you worked on in Lesotho, maybe you can give us another example of a woman and her situation. Thank you. Um, Another example is Lisebo,
1: who was a widow when we met up with her. Before her husband died, their mother-in-law had gifted them some land, which they went on to register and built their home. Lisette was married in a civil marriage. Um, So when the husband passed on, the mother-in-law decided that she wanted the family land back Our advice to Lisebo was that um, she was in a civil marriage, which was legally registered, and she had jointly registered a property with her husband. So she was legally entitled to the land and she had the evidence to prove that. But what also happens is that um, even though legally one can actually be able to go through through and claim their rights, Often these women do not go through and claim their rights because of fear of the social stigma. We are still working with Lisebo to find out um, whether she will pursue the issue.
0: I I do hope that Lisebo can um, resolve her issue and um, claim the rights Um, that she legally um, is entitled to. So I hope this uh, is resolved in her favor. And thank you very much, Fungai, for explaining all these things. Maybe to close our conversation, I just wanted to come back to the notion of home, um, because it's such an important thing for many people and uh, for individuals, for communities, for groups of people. Um, can I ask you, you know, what, like from your personal perspective, what a home means to you and what you think the home means in general? You know, what can a home mean to a woman?
1: Thank you, Katya. Um, I grew up in rural Zimbabwe and um, growing up, I just took having a home for granted. My perspective actually completely changed when I moved to Arare and suddenly realized that um, the money which I was earning as I started working when I was still in college was um, the bulk of it was going to pay for my rent. And even for that, it was actually a challenge to get um, just a room to rent as a, as a girl child because um, society frowns upon women living on their own when they're still single. And added to that was the complexity of um, the state of the housing in the country where the houses, most houses which are affordable, are actually quite dilapidated and um. The sanitation facilities were never designed to cater for multiple households. It's funny that um, the issues of sanitation still have impact my decision making when it comes to purchasing a house up to this day. Because when I look at a house, the first thing I look for is how is the bathroom like? (laughs) Yeah, so... But then um, over the years, the house, what a house means to me has also changed. Um, a house is a place for the family to be where you come back home to rest. But it also it's also an entry point into the society as the respect which you get as an individual actually completely changes when you own a house and you're put on the table for decision making on issues which impact the community which you live in. An address gives you access to credit as you're not considered a flight risk. And in addition to that, um, you also have better security of tenure as you're not left to the mercy of landlords. Unlike myself who turned um, my house into an office uh, due to the COVID pandemic, um, a house for many women is actually the place where they do their business, whether it's a sewing business or whether it's a catering business. So it it provides that um, extra form of livelihoods.
0: Okay, so it's quite important uh, that women have housing and and if even if a woman lives on on her own uh she has a place to live or she can she has a place to rent or she owns a place uh and it gives her a place at the table so thank you very much for guy for explaining all that and um talking to me and explaining some of this very difficult uh and complex issues that uh women face thank you thank you and bye Home matters to humans. You've listened to the Home Sapiens podcast produced by Habitat for Humanity. It is part of the Build Solid Ground project funded by the European Union.